What does motion sound like? With Kizikans free shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizikcom socks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This is Dead in Sports. This is the place where sports beings collide, Dan and sports. I'm your host, Kenneth Beans. Joining me as usual, virtually, we got Shelton Jay from the Black Korea Podcast. Hey, what's happening? We got, I don't even know what to call him, man, the dynamic duo, man. I've been giving you all kind of battles and stuff on IG Live, Bees, Twitch, everything, man, trying to get y'all through uh, the self-isolation. We got... Beasy Folk 30 and FIFO 2020 or FIFO Corona. <laughs> right. Right. You might as well call that shit FIFO Corona because the 20, 2020 put that shit, throw that shit in the trash. Yeah, I'm going I'm, to I'm revert back to 24 7, man. It's just FIFO all day, every day, man. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I, I, we got the man that I think sent the coronavirus to James Dolan. Uh, you see him with the- <laughs> That's what I thought. Yeah, that's right, because you got the Knicks background, watch- too. Boys is watching nowadays. Don't put that on me. <laughs> <laughs> we here, man. We sorry we missed last week. We um, but we definitely didn't want to go much longer without giving you guys a show. So we're back. We're early. Um, we're gonna. I mean, we're doing a lot of virtual recording, so our time and schedule may be a little bit off until we get back in sync. But nevertheless, we here. We got a lot to talk about. So without further ado, we're gonna go ahead and just jump into it. So uh, Nick. Yeah, I mean, shit, we just – I mean, there, there is a lot to talk about, but I think NFL free agency is the biggest thing, especially about um, Brady. And I don't want to bury the lead, but I just – I don't think I've gotten y'all reactions as far as Brady to the Bucks. Um, just overall thoughts on that, period. I would like to hear from y'all. So my thing is, with the whole Brady to Bucks thing, do you think the Bucks organization gave him what he asked for as far as, like, he want control of the offense and he want, like – to control, like, who who plays, who comes there. Like, almost kind of like being a GM slash player, almost. Did they offer him that? Do y'all think they offered him that? I think it's part of the conversation. I think it has to be part of the conversation because you're talking about arguably the best quarterback to ever play. And if you want him, even though he old as I about to say, yeah, at 43, 42, But look, we know Bruce Arians is an offensive guru. Like, like yes, he's going to work with Tom Brady. Tom Brady's going to have a lot of input. I want to say, wasn't Bruce Arians um, part of the Patriot thing, or don't they have ties or I something? I think so, which is why I think I think which is why going to Tampa kind of made somewhat of a sense because yeah. it was like, well, yeah. you go there. And, and we and we seen Bruce Arians work with all types of quarterbacks. Remember a couple years ago um, when I said that they should have got rid of uh, Chuck Pagano with the Colts. And just mm-hmm. keep. Yeah, I, I remember we all remember thought. Crazy. And I know it was a little controversial, but I know I was right. You know, like, like, come on, man, look at Jameis. 
there's only been, I think, five quarterbacks to throw for 5,000 yards in a season. And he's one – Jameis Winston is one of those five? Come on, man. Even though he had a 30 for 30 this year, which isn't good. But going back to what B was saying, yes, I think Bruce Arians and Tom Brady have had that conversation about who we want to add, which is why we already seen the whole Antonio Brown thing. Like, Bruce Arians already addressed that. No, he's not going to be a good fit. He already addressed that. Because you, I, I think I think Tom Brady is definitely caping for Antonio Brown. Yeah. And I think that um, Tom Brady, I just read today, uh, Tom Brady pitched himself to Tampa Bay. So, in saying that, he has a say-so, but he's not the ultimate say. So, I think that they will consult with him based off his knowledge and who he is. But he doesn't have, like, ultimate final say. Nah, but but if you look at all of the top quarterback head coach pairings, you got to be on the same page. You know what I'm saying? When you watch um, Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes, Andy Reid goes over there, hey, you know, how you feeling? You like this? Do you not like mm-hmm. that? You see it all the time with Champagne and Drew Brees. Champagne and Drew Brees. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like you have to have those top quarterback head coaches combo. You have to have that. Well, now, and, and I think Bruce Arians and Tom Brady will have that. Yeah, I, I think is is I don't think he even needs – full control or GM responsibilities or whatever, um, because they already got everything. Like, you know, it's clear the the Buccaneers are looking to try to win in the next two years um, versus long-term. And I think their future as an organization was already up in the air anyway because they were undecided on what to do with Jameis Winston moving forward. And Tom Brady, as uh, Shelton – and, you know, just said, just reached out, was like, yo, like, I would be interested in coming to play for you guys. And I think now you see, like, everything that's been going on. Like, I, I've been following this whole thing because Jameis Winston was interesting to me in terms of what they were going to do. First, they were in love with him. Then Bruce Arians came out, and he started talking a lot of shit about Winston, rightfully so. Um, and he didn't commit. And I don't know if through back channels or whatnot he heard – uh, rumors that Brady may be in- interested or um, he just wanted to see what was on the open market. And it turns out you got one of the most accomplished quarterbacks in NFL history knocking on your door. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just think – I thought it was weird. I didn't think that – I I heard Tampa Bay was in the run. But to be honest, I was leaning more towards the San Francisco news than Tampa as far as a possible destination. Um I know I didn't even think Tampa was really in the running as far as trying to compete for a title now. Like, I thought they were just going to do, like, a soft rebuild because all they were really missing was a quarterback. Obviously, like, if Jameis can throw for 5,000 yards, then that means if you get a quarterback that Bruce Arians likes or that he wants, then you probably can go a little bit further than that, maybe even to the playoffs. But to make this type of signing and then have now these expectations, it just seems like it's a little it's, – it's moving a little too fast for you now while I'm saying that they have a stacked roster as far as pretty much on all sides of the ball, and Bruce Arians is a coach that clearly knows how to deal with veterans and turning their career around. Um, that's what he did with Carson Palmer, at least. So I'm interested to see what's going on, but I definitely was shocked by Brady signing. And as far as how much control he has, I think it may be as much as he had in New England, which is you have a voice, but we still make final calls here on our own. You know yeah, what? I oh. – Oh, no, no. I was just going to say, like, I, I think you and I were kind of on the opposite. I know the Bucks came in late, and I saw the, the rumors and the, the rumblings about it. Um, I didn't believe San Francisco, even though I heard that 
there was some interest there, but they ultimately decided to look long-term instead of short-term. Um, but I didn't think San Francisco was a, a, even a real scenario. I thought it was just something that the media would love to throw out there just to get – just to have something to talk about, really. Yeah. It, it looked good on paper. Yeah. What it, yeah. what it was. But I think ultimately he knew where he was going to go for, for a long time. Um. Coach, you know, we look at the teams and the rosters. That was important, but the fit was with the coach as well. That was just as important for him. But, you and know, I, I, think- I, I saw that there were not a lot of teams uh, ringing his phone. Yeah, it was only going to be shouldn't. a handful of teams, though, Ken. Like, we knew that it was going to be the rosters that were going to be championship level with talent, right? And and I, and, and I want to go back to something that Nick said. Like, you know, now now we have all of these expectations – around the Bucks, they, 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 they should have those expectations because when you look at the offense and also I want to say, don't quote me. I know I'm not hundred percent right on this stat that I'm about to put out there, but um, I want to say the Bucks lost the most games by single digit points. And when you factor in Jameis Winston get, turned over the ball over 40 times last season, bro, that, that they, they could have won the division. You know what I'm saying? So I think that if, if you're a division winner, you have that buy, and you have somebody like Tom Brady that always comes back. He's always been the underdog, right? Like everybody's always written him off, and he always overcomes. And now we have a one of the best quarterback gurus as his head coach, arguably the most talented roster top to bottom that he's ever had. Bro, like, like yes, it is championship. That is the expectation. Is that realistic? Why is it not realistic? Because again, they didn't even make the playoffs last year, and now you're expecting them to possibly contend for 40 turnovers. 40 turnovers, bro. That's huge. That's about Brady. Brady don't turn the ball over. The last time I seen Brady, he turned the ball over. Not that, not that, not not like that that much. Not like what? That was against the Titans. He's facing a stiffer defense probably in that division alone. But he, uh, but he, he, last he, year. Here's the thing. Tom Brady ain't going to throw more than 15 interceptions. We you know that. that. Based off of, you based it off of the past. I'm talking about Tom Brady now. He's but, a, a, a old-school QB from today's – for how the today's NFL is working. So, tell me, again, like, that's why I'm like, I know you have high expectations. Everybody does when you hear Tom Brady's name. He's, the, he's arguably the greatest quarterback of all time. So, of course, you're going to have expectations, but at the same time, we also got to taper that because that whole conference is hard, let alone his own division. No, so, one, one, you, know, you got to win your division first before you talk about any title. No, one, 100%. And I even posted in, in our group chat that I think that the NFC South is going to be the toughest division top to bottom. You, you, bro, look at what the, what the Falcons have done. Y'all already know how I feel about Georgia's team, so I'm not going to get all the way into it. I've been hyped on the damn Falcons, and they didn't let me down. We're going to get to them. But – but, you know, they've made changes. We already know Sean Payton and um, Drew Brees. Those two together, you're going to be competitive. Now, Tom Brady, with this roster, obviously Carolina is the one team that's kind of lacking, you know, compared to the other three teams. But come on, man, we're talking about arguably the most firepower offensively in, in all of football in terms of a division. Um, and Tom Brady and Tom Brady could definitely – he could still sling that thing. Like, I'm not saying that he is – elite arm talent anymore he's not that but what we cannot take away and we cannot underestimate is what's between the noggin man what's inside of that noggin of his he he has the the most 
championship experience out of any player ever. That you that that you can't underestimate. That yeah. is going to get them to the playoffs. I'm not saying – I'm not even saying that they're going to win the division. It's a tough offensive division. I'm not saying that they're going to win the Super Bowl. What I am saying is when you upgrade the most important position by that much – because he may not throw for 5,000 yards. He may not even throw for 30 touchdowns. But right. he's not going to throw for 30 interceptions, and he's not going to throw the ball 12 times. Just so you know, he had 24 touchdowns and eight interceptions last year, and he's playing with two Pro Bowl receivers this year. So he already upgraded what he had with this new team. So we'll just have to see what he does. I mean, yeah, he's not him, his old self, but 24 and 8 is pretty good for anybody. Right. And, so, and like you mentioned, Sheldon, especially with the weapons that he had this, season, this past season in New England, you upgrade that big time with them receivers and tight ends and running mm-hmm. back that you got there. So mm-hmm. that's going to really that, be interesting. I think that's why a lot of people like median, like really people jumping off the wall saying, oh, this is going to be – you know, Super Bowl contending team is because because they're looking at like what he had this previous season compared to what he's what he's walking into now. But mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm still like waiting to see and just seeing what he's gonna do. I'm interested to see how he's gonna play with these receivers. I know they happy as hell. Like I know they. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would be. Well, a bigger part of his success last season was that defense. And for me, looking at Tampa Bay, their defense still needs to be more like it has to drastically improve. They especially talking about championship aspirations or even just contending, especially in that conference. They got to address that in the they draft, got, man. I mean, yeah, they, they can try, but that's, they those are highly ranked goals. defense, though. That huh? defense wasn't bad last year. I don't think that defense is going to be – it was not as good as that New England defense is. Well, I, I, yeah, that's tough. So, and, that, and that won them a lot of game, defense and special teams. So, again, like, I'm tapering my expectations. If they win the division, I'll be surprised by that, especially with how New Orleans has been running that uh, that division for the last few years. So we'll see how it goes, but I don't know about Tom Brady. I think it. I think this is Jordan and the Wizards. <laughs> you know what, Nick? I'm I'm kind of with you on that defense, and I know there's been a lot of talk about how that defense improved. They DVOA was top five last year, and I know as the season progressed, they played better in the second half of the season. But from what I remember, they were giving up points left and right uh, uh, last year and the year before. So they didn't have that a, Giants game to Daniel Jones. They gave up what, almost 50 points. Yeah. So I, I, I you know, I, I, I know the, the defense coordinator, uh, Todd Bowles, eventually got them together. And I think that's where Jameis's turnovers really became even more critical than they were earlier in the season because the games were close. But from what I can remember, and I have to, I can do fact check, I can fact check myself now since I'm at a computer, um, that defense wasn't all that great to start the season, but we'll see. Um, stay, uh, sticking in that division, uh, FIFA, you brought up the Atlanta uh, Falcons. They've been making some moves too, especially bringing one of the, uh, y'all own back home, I guess, so to speak, with uh, Todd Gurley. Well, speaking of that, Todd Gurley himself got cut from the, uh, from the Rams. Would y'all expect that at all? Well, I didn't think that they were going to be able to trade him. Because wasn't nobody going to give him, you know, a, a, a top five um, a, a top five round draft pick? You know what I'm saying? Like, so with that being said, we know the NFL is cutthroat when it comes to that, especially with people that's been injured. So it didn't really surprise me like that. Um, because, because here's the thing. If they would have been able to trade him, they would have been traded him. And it didn't happen. Are you talking about last season or even the season before? All of it. 
All of it. Once he stopped getting the amount of carries and being on the field, the amount of possessions that he was on the field, and we saw that being reduced, that's how I knew. That, that That's when I knew, okay, they can't trade him. Cause, and, and here's the thing. It, it, I don't think that it was the player, right? Because I think that there's teams that would have taken him. It was the money. It was that contract he signed. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that contract luckily, albatross. Luckily for him, he got paid before all this happened. Because otherwise, he would have been worse than Melvin Gordon right now. So I'm happy he got paid. Uh, it still felt to me. It still felt like there was a lot left on the field for him in, in L.A., especially for all that how big and important he was during the Super Bowl run. Um, he was damn near MVP candidate, or he won the MVP. Uh, but seeing him now with the Falcons, going back to what you were saying as far as like people's like him not even being a worthy of a top five pick. Or like a top, you know, first three, four rounds. How does that say about his addition to the Falcons? Well, they got rid of Devontae Freeman, so that's an upgrade. Um, You're a younger version of him? <laughs> I mean, a little bit better. I mean, there, there was little wear and tear on him last year. We heard all the reports about how bad his knee was. Um, it's not going to get any, any better from what they're saying. But I, I, I kind of, just to circle back, was a little surprised that they actually did cut him. And one of the things that popped in my head was that this is why they got to fight for these, this guaranteed money because they wear these guys down and then don't want to pay them. So imagine, like the running backs, right? Yeah, the running backs. Yeah. Now imagine if he didn't get paid and most of that money wasn't guaranteed, he would be left holding the bag. So I, I, I like that that happened um, for but him. You know what, Ken? There's a byproduct to that, though, because what's going to happen now, we're going to see good or great or exceptional young running backs get franchise tagged and may not sign big deals with their current teams. They may need to go to other teams or sign shorter deals. Like, I, I think the Todd Gurley situation, you know how we had like a D. Rose rule in the NBA mm -hmm. where, you know, you make one all-star game, you your first team or second team, whatever, you can sign like a super max early. Oh, it's going to be the opposite of the NFL. There's going to be a Todd Gurley rule where for running backs, they have two, three good years, we ain't paying you. We're going to let you walk and draft another one. Yeah, and 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 if you look at what the, the, the Rams did last year, they drafted two running backs, I think, um, that didn't prove to do much uh, when they got an opportunity last year. But nevertheless, they tried to protect themselves. And they didn't give Gurley a lot of carries until they needed Gurley to get a lot of carries once they found out that uh, golf wasn't really about much. And um, when he couldn't rescue him, then they tried to go to Gurley. But moving or looking ahead to seeing how he's going to play with the Falcons, I think it's going to work out. I think it's going to work out fine, man. I think I like the fact that they got a talented uh, uh, running back there. And, you know, they brought him home, man. This is, this is where he's at. So we'll see if he got anything left in the tank. And how bad that need really is. <laughs> we'll see when he get a chance to redeem himself. I like the I like the story that I heard that Julio was a big part of bringing him home. Um, as far as like as soon as he heard that he was let go, he hit him up, and I think I forgot who else was with him, but they went to go talk to him, and be like, "Hey, bro, you might as well slide with us," because I think Gurley was even looking at Atlanta as far as a place he could go, and maybe you know for a second half of his career. So it'll be interesting to see how they use him. I just think that uh, if y'all – I mean, by names and personalities alone, it seems like the Falcons offensively should be top five. 11 
first-rounders. It's never happened ever in NFL history to have your entire starting offense be first-round picks. That's crazy in itself. Here's the thing. This is the reason why I do like Todd Gurley with the Falcons. What they're going to ask him to do is nowhere near what the Rams asked him to do, right? The Rams needed him to establish the run every game so that way it sets up the the, the play action and everything for Jared Goff and all of it. Because remember, they didn't necessarily have a number one wide receiver. They had uh, – who's the little short guy out there? I can't tell about Cooper Cup? No, 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 the other one. Brandon Cooks. Oh, yep. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He he he's a slot guy, outside burner type guy. Um, Cooper Cup is nice. I just think he's like a bigger Wes Welker. Um, but they didn't have like that dominant receiver, right? Um, mm. and, and the way that offense was was a lot of jet sweeps, a lot of stretches for Todd Gurley. But but Todd Gurley in his heyday was getting 25, 30 carries, 30 some carries a game. Plus he was involved in the passing game. I think with Atlanta. He's going to get the Devontae Freeman treatment. I think he's going to get anywhere between 10 to 18 carries on a good game. Um, they're going to ask him to block a lot because now with the addition of Hayden Hurst, bro, like you have Calvin Ridley, Julio, and Hayden Hurst. You know what I'm saying? The defense is going to be keyed in on them. Uh, uh, Hayden Hurst from the Ravens. Oh, they, they they traded a, a second round and a fifth round for oh, him. Okay. okay, yeah, okay. bro, it's crazy. Man, Ryan's sitting pretty right now. Sitting pretty, yeah. and we know. Look, we know this for a fact. Todd Gurley is one of the best blocking running backs in the NFL. Yeah. So because of that, it, it, it gives the, the the Falcon offense so much versatility, and you don't have to wear him down. Like like he does not have to carry the ball that much. He could be a decoy. Um, and, and, and he's going to be an amazing decoy because, like, like you said, Nick, I still think he has gas left in the tank. It ain't full no more, but he's still got yeah. gas in that tank. Yeah, you can run some errands with him, but you can't go on a road trip. Nah, <laughs> nah buddy. Nah, buddy. Um, but I, no, I think, I, I mean, I don't know. At this point, if the Fal- to me, the Falcons, I have more expectations for the Falcons than I do have for the Bucks. So, Oh, wow. If, because of all the stuff they got. I mean, they also signed Dante Fowler to a big contract, too, for that defense. Mm-hmm. So you can tell they're going all in, and they pushing their chips in. But I still have more ex- expectations because I've seen this quarterback in a Super Bowl and win an MVP in that same year. So I, I know he, he shouldn't be that far away from competing again, even though they haven't been having that much success these last two seasons. So to me, it's just more about it. it's boomer bust for the Falcons more than it is for the Bucks for me as far as if you if they don't go – at least to the second round of playoffs, then maybe they just blow up this whole thing and, and trade Julio, trade Matt Ryan, and try to start from scratch. Because I don't know what else you can do. Like FIFA said, if you have 11 first-round picks on one side of the ball and you still got some good – you know, you had the injury bug for the last couple of seasons on your defense, if they stay somewhat healthy, this should be a contending team, especially mm-hmm. especially in their division, let alone the NFC. And this is the best best year for them because with Brady coming – it takes all the attention away from you. That's why, I'm, as a Carolina Panthers fan, I'm excited because nobody's paying. He's gonna bring the Panthers in somehow, some way, man. Like, <laughs> only one, you're the only one talking about them, boy. Yeah. <laughs> but nobody's paying us any attention, so it's kind of like, and the same thing for the Falcons. Nobody's paying attention to these moves because you're looking at Tom Brady. So, the same thing for the Saints. So this year, this division is pretty much. It, it's gonna be interesting to see. I'd rather see I – I can't wait to see which Saints team we have. Is is Drew Brees really through? You know what I'm saying? Is he oh, is he on the downtrend? Or 
what we gonna have out of this division? Like, is Tom Brady done? Will he be able to adjust to a new spot, new team? We'll see all that this year. But you're right, though. It is boom and bust for the Falcons. I agree. What about your boy Teddy? Since you want to talk about the Panthers, hey, man, that's your boy. That yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. I wanted him to go somewhere he could win. He can't win in Carolina. I, you know, you know what's crazy? I, I'm really sad about losing Cam. As a Panthers fan, I grew up with Cam, if, if that makes sense, you know. And that's really all I know. But, you know, I'm excited because, A, we're bringing in not one black quarterback, but two black replacements. So I'm happy about that part. But I'm interested to see what happens because I don't, I don't know what Teddy we're going to get. Because, you know, that little sample size we saw last year, I don't really know. He was a great game manager, but – he's going to be in the lead role now. And is he ready to take on that, you know, since that leg injury? I don't know. Yeah. I I don't question that. I don't really question Teddy. I question the surrounding, like, team. Like, I think Teddy, he's not going to lose you. I think he's the black Alex Smith of anything. He's not going to really lose you any games. He's Mm -hmm. just going to be able to – he just may not always win you those games. But the lack of talent they have as far as on the outside, and now you lost Keekly, who is your lead captain of your defense. And your defense is a lot older now. They even lost their corner to the Giants. And then you also talk about uh, how much you're going to put – how much pressure that puts on the run game because that's all they Mm -hmm. got, really. Well, you know what? I wouldn't say that, though, because we signed Robbie Anderson. Like I told you, I think that's going to be pretty big. Robbie Anderson, up. bro. Yeah. He's the number one receiver. He's gonna- in, in, in the jet With the Jets? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what I'm saying, though, is when you think about he got, um, you know, DJ is coming into his own. Curtis Samuel, you got Curtis Samuel running underneath. You got, you got some nice little talent around him. We're not even mentioning McCaffrey. Those names sound good if you was talking about a jazz band. But hey, you talking about football? That nah, they they got hey, watch them work, man. If Teddy can get that ball and move that ball around, and not my only fear is is Chris McCaffrey getting an injury. Also, we got question marks on defense on the outside. Other than that, I think it's a good squad. I, I think I think other than that, <laughs> that's a lot yeah. of that's a lot of others. Well, well, here's the thing. I, I feel I, I feel where Schultz is coming from because they have good building blocks. So right. so they're not ready to compete now. We know that they're going to be last in the division this year, barring major injuries from the other three teams in that division. Um, mm-hmm. But I think they'll be competitive enough where you can see, and hopefully, you know, obviously there's a new regime and everything there, but hopefully they have a direction and we see them be just competitive, just like the Dolphins, right? At first, we thought the, Do- the Dolphins were a dumpster fire. Everybody yeah, was on the 40 points on them and everything. And once they got – they traded, right, to get all of these draft picks. They traded Mika Fitzpatrick. They traded uh, Larry Tunzel. They they, they they trade. They got rid of some high-value guys to get younger to, to be able to establish that culture. And mm-hmm. once they were able to establish the culture, you saw they were playing harder. The, the, those blowouts weren't blowouts no more. And then they got to right. – at the end of the season, the last quarter of the season, they were actually beating teams, right, with, 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 with quote-unquote nobodies. On mm-hmm. that roster. So now we know, okay, cool. They get Tua. They get this. They get O-line. They get wide receiver. Like, now you see where they're going. It's just I think the Panthers are, like, maybe a half step and maybe not a full step ahead of where the Dolphins were last year. The only reason I say they're a full step is because of Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey is a bona- yeah, he's a bona fide star. So with him there, honestly, he can change the game by himself. I've seen him do it. So it's like – He's he's responsible, in my opinion, for four wins just from having him on the roster. Now, after that, I don't know what we're going to do, but I'm just saying 
this draft is going to mean a lot to a team like Carolina because we're going to have to get a corner. We, we got to get a corner from somewhere because that's the one piece we didn't replace. Now, leadership-wise, that's to be determined as well. Leadership and corner – it's pretty much where it is. Everything else, we're pretty much we pretty much good. I put our wide receivers up against anybody. I, I think they're a lot yeah, better than they home, pressure. mad as hell. No, man, I'm telling you, man, they'll get enough. DJ, man, I watched every game last year. DJ is strong. DJ, DJ is really strong. Curtis is explosive, and he's just learning the position. So next year, I think, you know, I, I think we'll be able to show some things that people aren't expecting. Hey, so B. we're going to see. Hey B, we had uh we had DJ Moore on our fantasy team, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he had some good games, man. He did, right? Yeah, yeah. He, he did. tried to shoot you some bail. That's what he tried to do. <laughs> 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 That's how he but, uh, but with with sticking with uh, Carolina, Cam Newton's got released, and obviously Jameis is not coming back with Tampa. I don't think it, even as a backup. Which one between the two do y'all see getting signed first, or who starts first? Man. The, the, I Wait, hold on. Before anybody says anything, mm-hmm. they disrespected the hell out of Cam Newton, man. How? I just, I just have to say. Talking about Carolina? Yeah, yeah they did. man. They did. Y'all they really did. think that? Hell I think so. Yeah. They, did. Yeah, they disrespected that. They, they disrespected Cam, man. Come on. I, you know I they disrespected him, uh, Nick? What? What? I, don't I, I don't see. I mean, we talked about Brady leaving New England and how that happened. Is that not the similar? I mean, obviously nah, not the nah, same. No, 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 no. No, no, no. First of all, Cam Newton is the greatest Panther ever. Yes. You can say the same about Tom Brady with New England. Tom Brady, same thing. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, though. Hold on, though. Hold on, though. Cam Newton is the greatest Panther, and it's not close, right? Like, 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 right. there's Cam Newton, like, and then there's Jake DeLome and shit. Like, it's, it's, right. it's a big gap. First of all, while he was still there and being able to play and, com- and compete at a decent, a decent level, right? Like, like middle tier, you, you, like, all of the rumblings and everything were getting out. You never really heard that with New England, right, and Tom Brady. Like, yeah, you know, we know that they, they had a lack of talent and things of that nature. Okay, cool. We can see that. But a lot of the internal stuff didn't necessarily get out. But Carolina, it got out. Number two, if your intent was to cut Cam Newton, then cut Cam Newton and do it gracefully. Nothing about the way they handled the situation was gracefully, and they put him behind the eight ball, mainly because you cut him after free agency. So now teams already have made their decisions on what they're going to do, and like, 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 what is Cam supposed to do now? People, but, I, but I, go ahead. I get, I get that, but it's business, man, and I and I look at it like that, like. You know, I don't think they knew what they were going to do. We're going to try to get Teddy. If we get Teddy, then we're going to let Cam go. But if we don't get Teddy, we're going to roll with Cam. We don't know how healthy Cam is. We can't get him in to work out. So it's a lot that goes into that, man. And you're going to take care of your own interests first. It's just like going to work every day. You know, then, well, you get sick. They got somebody to replace you already. But Shelton, my, my thing is this. I think that they've been made the decision to move on from Cam. Yep. So, so they, they mm. cut him at the end of the season. Don't string I, this along, yeah. Because and, well, and that's what I'm talking about handling the situation gracefully. I, I think that I, I agree with you. I think that they made the decision. If something better comes along, we're gonna get rid of Cam. But I think that was the nah. Answer. I I, I, right. I I think they made the decision already because they were talking about. Um, I can't re- remember the back of that. Um, took Kyle Allen. Cam. Who? Oh, Kyle, Kyle Allen. Allen. No, no. Yeah, that dude. I, I, yeah, whoever that is, right? 
And they were talking mm-hmm. about, oh, well, you know, he's what, 3-0, and 4-0? Oh, even mm-hmm. if Cam does get healthy, we don't know we're going to play him. Disgraceful. No. That was you Nick. Know, you, Nick you don't say nothing that too. like that. You just you play it by ear. Like you you don't mm-hmm. make you don't make statements like that when well, you are dealing with the greatest Panther ever. We we I was what I'm saying. I would say this going back to your first initial point about the rumblings versus from Carolina versus New England. We heard rumblings about Belichick versus Brady for the last couple seasons. Yeah, yeah. similar that we did uh, same thing about Carolina with Cam as far as like this dude ain't what we thought he was gonna be at this point of his time in his career. So it was already on the horizon that Cam should have known. That's why he was doing all them goofy ass videos with smoking cigars and drinking wine and shit with the scarf on and all that shit because he knew things wasn't as sweet as they used to be. So for him to get cut, maybe I agree with you guys as far as the timeline. He probably should have got cut a lot earlier to give him a chance to go to another team. But this is already going to happen. So for me, it's just like I'm not surprised he got cut. It's just surprising to see like like Shelton was saying, like people like from since I've been watching football along is like Cam has been the best thing in Carolina and to see him grow up and go through all that. Yeah, it does suck. But at the same time, it was, it was going to happen and it probably needed to happen because I don't, I think he outgrew Carolina. And once you saw Ron Rivera get uh, let go, Mm -hmm. everybody who was there in that Ron Rivera regime is going to be gone. I do agree. It was, it was business. So I understand that, but I don't want to use business to hide uh, as a means to hide behind a proper way to go about doing something to a guy like Cam, uh, Cam Newton, right? The guy that got you to the Super Bowl, the guy that played hurt, the guy that left, laid it all on the line. There's a proper way to go about doing it. We all understand the business aspect of it, right? You can't really afford to pay him $19 million with so many questionable variables, and you know that with him being a bruiser running type of quarterback that you had to move on. My thing is Bridgewater is the answer. Like you would say Bridgewater over, over a healthy Cam Newton, because in order to cut him, he had to be healthy or they had to clear him. That's the, so, that's the asterisk of Cam Newton though. When if slash when healthy, you haven't seen that man be like that in a long time. So right. it's two years. it's two years. And these are new injuries. So it's, it's kind of like Cam been banged up for a long time. He's, he's been out those years, but he's been banged up for a long time. And that foot was a new thing. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like you, you just don't know what you get with Cam. And, and my thing is, as a Cam Newton fan, a Carolina fan, Cam Newton was an awesome quarterback when he got hot, but he was real streaky. And it wasn't that he was learning the game and getting better as a quarterback because he never got better, to be honest with you. He just got hot. I, I won't say that. I won't say I, he, that. No, no. He never got better. He just got hot. Like the year, I, I think. Shelton, hold on. I, I think North Turner helped yes. him with decisions. Oh, North Turner helped him a lot. Yeah, he did, and that was that was probably well, how many games? Yep. What what with North? Not that it many. It's about half enough. the season. They was like what six and two. He was, he was balling. And see, the thing about it is, what what I mean by not getting better. Cam never got better at reading defenses. Cam was still taking those same chances, throwing off his back foot. He never got like to the point where he you you just felt like he just did it. Cam relied on his athletic ability, his his uh, strength, his speed, and that kind of stuff more than anything else. He never put his mind into the game. And in saying that, you you just never knew what you were gonna get. You knew you were gonna get a person that worked hard and who would show up for you every day. But it, it just I, I I honestly I don't know. Like I just and I could be wrong. Once again, I wasn't this. So I don't know the, the inner workings, and that's another thing that we have to take into consideration. We don't know what was said behind closed doors. We don't know 
they may have told this man we're going in a different direction. They just made it public to us later. I know he the way he reacted doesn't feel like they did, but still, we just don't know. You know what I'm saying? trying to be slick. But I, I agree with you, Shelton. I don't think Cam uh, got better. and mm-hmm. But I also think they didn't do a lot to help Cam get better. They didn't. I think they, they never really give it, gave this man any weapons. It was one of the things that yep. you know I complained about for a they year. They took away one of his most deadly weapons this past year. What was that? Mm-hmm. Kevin Benjamin. Like oh it was gosh. like at that point, it was like, what do you got left? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, what, what what I mean, you know, what do you got left? I and thought they, they were, I thought they had issues. And then on they top did, of that, yeah. let's mm-hmm. talk about how the NFL was disrespectful to Cam Newton and how they didn't um referee him with with the oh, same yeah. Kick gloves that they referee all of the other quarterbacks with. Oh, it was, that Cam was totally Newton up. took crazy shots that he should that should have got penalized. Yeah, and I, I think cringe. moving forward because of that, these now running quarterbacks and stuff like that, they will be like Cam Newton had to break down that wall for him just to to, to expose that that uh that lack of care when it comes to quarterbacks, mobile quarterbacks. So I, yeah. I think it's unfortunate for his career, but I don't see that going – like, I don't see that being an uh, issue with uh, Lamar Jackson, especially how he's becoming the face of the league and other well, quarterbacks that will be like him. Well, see, the difference was Cam Newton was linebacker size. So you're looking at a guy who is the biggest guy on the field. They didn't look at him like a quarterback. Lamar Jackson is still – you know, he still has a quarterback's bill. Now, he's running all over the place, but – hitting him like you hit Cam, that wouldn't happen. I saw Cam, oh, man, he got beat up several times. And it was just – it was ugly. And he had no help. So he he was in a lane of his own with that. But, yeah, it'll be interesting. I think he hadn't got picked up yet because it's hard. You can't bring anybody in for workouts right now. I think that that hurts him more than anybody else because you don't know how healthy he is. You really can't. I mean, you can see it through – you know, you can watch video and watch film of him working out. But to actually be in a room with somebody – that makes these guys feel more comfortable. But nobody and I think that's what's hurting Any damn thing with them black and white damn uh, Instagram videos he brought. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You're not like, Jesus Christ, man. We need to see color. <laughs> but but yeah, yeah, that's true. Going to my question between him and Jameis, which one do you guys think will be able to salvage their career? Jameis because he's younger, but yeah. I, I don't think any of them – I don't think – it doesn't look good for him, bro. Does it, does it depend on what, what system they get – you know, they play for? Like, I Definitely. think that plays a role too, Nick. Definitely like, does. Which, which coach or which system that they get implemented into, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because you can go to a team that you might think might be straight, but if, the, if him and the coach is not clicking or if he ain't clicking with that system, it's going to go to shits. Look, look, I was, look at what happened with um, Baltimore – you know, I'm bad with names. Baltimore Ravens. Uh, quarterback. Um, Griffin, Robert Griffin III. No, 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 no. Um, Robert Griffin III. No, who who just who who just who just um, Lamar Jackson? Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Oh, I'm tripping. Uh, are you saying that. like he him being in the right system that sees him elevate his skill set and all that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. System is very important in 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 the NFL, especially yeah. for quarterback. And there isn't one for Cam. Like the Carolina been like system that. was unique for him. Like yeah. LJ's system is unique for him. Cam right. doesn't have a future. You can probably coach the turnovers out of Jameis, but you can't design a whole system this late around Cam Newton. The only place that he stands a chance of going would be the Chargers because Tyrod Taylor there. But Tyrod Taylor is nothing but the 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 black Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Or that's that's all he is. You gotta give Tyrod more than that. He don't turn the ball over like Fitzpatrick. Uh, 
if anything, he, he I, I guess I guess when I, what I mean by that is he's he's a jag. He's just another guy. He's, he's a, yeah. He's yep. a gap filler. Yeah, that's that's it. And we we lament about having guys like that, and we're grateful to have at least one. But when I saw the Chargers was gonna pick him, I'm like for real. So then that's when I came to that conclusion that that's basically what he is. And his dumb ass is going to go online and post videos of him and Cam working out. That, I ain't understand that. <laughs> yeah, North Cam's like, damn, twice his size. And, it, and So if I'm the charge, I'm like, well, you might as well bring him in. So maybe as a backup, that could be a good place to go because Tyrod might get the shit knocked out of him at some point in the season whenever we get one. Right. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I think if anybody would get a shot, it would be Cam mm-hmm. based off pedigree. But there are not a lot of job opportunities for quarterbacks right now. It's not. And like I said earlier, man, I, I said this before. I, I know a lot of people think it sounds crazy. But if I was Jamie's, I would stay in Tampa. I just would stay right there if I could. Like I said, because Tom Brady is 40, 40, 490 years old. Right. It's not, <laughs> you know it's not, it's not like he's about to play for, for 10 years right, right. now. Right. You're you, yeah. you going to learn something from the, from the quarterback guru, from the greatest quarterback. You, you're going to learn some things, and you're one injury, which is higher, you know, a higher chance of their end than anywhere else from playing. It's funny so, you mentioned – it's funny you mentioned – I'm sorry, Sheldon. It's funny you mentioned that because when I saw that Brady was going there, that was actually one of my first thoughts. I was like, I wonder is, is Winston going to stay and just kind of like, you know, just get a, get put up on some game, you know, mm-hmm. learn learn a lot more while in these next, what, two years, and then the, and then Tampa can give him the keys right back. To the right. car. So, but he's he's so competitive. I think Winston he feels that he's a starting quarterback in this league because he's been a starting Bro, quarterback. But yeah, five thousand yards. That's what I'm saying. You should be a damn starting quarterback. In, in, in his yeah. mind, he like I ain't about to be like he's probably thinking like I ain't about to be mm-hmm. second fiddle. So, yeah. I'm, about to, I'm about to go out here and start. But I I agree with you, Sheldon. I think this is me. I I do think he should kind of just stay behind the clipboard and learn right. and come back probably. Twice as better as he was before, but right? And, I just and don't it, think that's gonna happen. I don't. Think yeah, and then you think about it. Like, like I said, you think about it. Think about this: six games in, y'all are doing okay, and Tom Brady, you know, God forbid, has an injury. He's right back in there. And if he starts winning and he get hot, that's that's it. That's straight, it. Right. You know, man. And that's like green. The Bucks gentrified that QB position. They had they they showcased <laughs> how the black people can succeed, and they. <laughs> This white man in, and he gonna take us further. That's what I, <laughs> I knew as soon as Brady was gonna get there, Jameis had to leave. To be honest, I didn't think Jameis was gonna come back. Period. After that thirty for thirty, because I mm-hmm. think that was the easiest excuse of Bruce Arians and saying like, like FIFO said, Bruce Arians like, I got them thirty touchdowns. He got them thirty interceptions. So like, right, I'm, I can do better with 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 better uh, quality QB. Um, yeah, I, I started to get those vibes too, Nick. Um, but looking at the way the market played out, I think he probably would have had no choice but to bring him back with Phillips going to Indy and mm-hmm. electing to go elsewhere. Um, but by default, I don't think he would have wanted him. Um, you know, so I think Bruce Aaron's got to decide, is he going to be a no-risk-it, no-biscuit, as he liked to call it, QB, or is he going to be a guy who likes to, to value the ball? Or, you know, he's, he's trying to find a way to play in the middle. And, um, and that was it. But I think for Jameis, you know, I see a lot of networks saying what I started saying, you know, a year ago, I want to say, that he should go to the Steelers. I, you know, and now everybody's jumping. Mm-hmm. On That's cool. And all, and I still believe that. But my thing with Jameis is that I just don't think he has a future in the NFL 
at all. I think he has been maligned, uh, rightly so. Huh? Mm. I disagree. I think if he he just we talk about head coaches a lot. Damn, Ken, you you you've been you you've been riding Jameis Winston coattail for a while. Yeah, Are you giving up on him now? I still am. I'm not giving up on Jameis. I'm giving up on the league. Okay, I got, got you. you. I got this, you. I got this you. man, like he he's he's turned into a joke. Like he's a joke for every network to do the thirty for thirty stuff, and he's the best player on the team for offensive defense. And I get all that. Everybody got to get the jokes off, and he's not, you know, uh, uh, exempt from that. But I think coming into the NFL, he had a history. He managed to get over that and be better. But we know how this thing go, man. Nobody let, ever let you get over that unless your name is Big Ben Roethlisberger, right? So and right. Ben won a Super Bowl, so he can he can move past that stuff. Even though the Me Too era started to bring all that stuff back, but because of the turnovers because of the negative reputation that he has and the perception of his current off the field issues, nobody's going to want to bring that type of thing into their locker room. And then you add in everything that went down with cap, you know, nah, man, they just going to move forward and let him go. Mm -hmm. I think it's a wrap. And I hate it. And you mentioned, like you mentioned, Phillip Rivers to uh, Indy. I I was not a fan of that. Um, (laughs) Nick Foles going to Chicago. Those are places that I thought I, Cam would go there. Yeah, that's what that's what I thought. I, I thought for sure Cam would be in Chicago, and I thought Jamie's would be in either San Diego or, like you said, I thought the, the Pittsburgh idea was awesome. But like you said, I, I agree with you. I don't see what they're gonna do with with either of them. I don't, I don't know what they can do at this point. But you'd have to build around Cam, like you said. You can't put him. Cam being a backup just doesn't make a lot of sense because. He needs a structured offense. So I, I, I just have to see how it works. I would hope it would, but I got to see it. Uh, speaking of some other baffling moves, um, or just the most baffling move, I think, in that whole NFL free agency, Bill O'Brien trading DeAndre Hopkins to the Cardinals. I, I Man, we probably should have started the show off with that because, to me, I don't crazy. know what's going on. See, and you know, and my thing is, it, it's not look. The NFL, trades happen, but bro, you got you got a second round pick for for him. When yeah, when, when Stephon Diggs fetched the first, Stephon Diggs, and there's no disrespect to Stephon, he's just not DeAndre. You know what I'm saying? Like I, that's that's crazy. Remember in the chat, I said, look, um, why well, can't I think nobody name? Who the quarterback? Kyle Murray, Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson needed to ask for a trade, and I don't know if y'all saw his cryptic tweet when he was, nope. I think, quoting Drake or somebody. Yeah, man, it's it's about to get ugly with the Texans. That's when arrogance. Man. Oh, go ahead. That's that's just when arrogance meets authority. This guy's more arrogant, and he he thinks it's about him. Bill O'Brien is was given too much power and too much control, and I would have taken it away. The second I heard that news, if I was the owner, I, there's no way he'd still be running my organization, trading away my greatest player for peanuts. This is another black quarterback that that certain uh, organizations uh, look upon to do everything for them. Um, and Deshaun Watson is that guy. They got him one guy, and then you know that was it. Um, I, you know Fuller, we know he he you know he stayed healthy, but for a while. You know, it was Deshaun Hopkins or Buss. You know, we saw it with Cam Newton. And and look, again, man, this is a this is why you guys should be watching this show, 
We be early on a lot of stuff. I have been calling this man out for years now. Bill O'Brien has to go. And, And now, like, everybody, like, sees, like, what he's doing. The fact that they brought him back after blowing that lead in the Super Bowl was well, not in the Super Bowl, you mean the playoffs? And then, hey, I'm shh, my bad in the I playoffs. You. I, you know, I got wrong <laughs> in the freaking playoffs. Like, was 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 asinine to me. I couldn't believe it. But I don't know who said it. Maybe it was Kyle. Maybe it was one of y'all said he must got pictures of somebody somewhere. He got to. Yeah, got to. I don't. I've never seen a coach have that much power over the last – and it's, it's increased over the last three years because I remember they had their whole GM issue where they were trying to trade for the GM with the with the uh, New England or something like that. But, man, I don't know what – I don't know what it is, but he has the most power, probably even more than Belichick or rival in Belichick in that, uh, in that franchise, and it, it is not warranted. Like y'all said, like the playoff uh, – he barely won in the playoffs, if anything. Even though he's gotten them there, I'll give him that credit, but he's barely won – and it's not like he gave Watson Hopkins. Hopkins was there before anybody, and he was, and he's probably been arguably a top two wide receiver the last five years because he's played with horrible quarterbacks and still produced. Yep. So you, you would think him and Watson would be like, all right, this is the pairing that will be like you have to keep them together. But to give him up and you're just gonna leave him with Kenny Stills and Will Fuller and like, David Johnson, and 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 just to get David Johnson back, who hasn't done shit since basically his what first two years. I don't. I don't know that. And he got a, he he got a worse contract than Todd Gurley. So I, that didn't make that part is what didn't make any sense. And if anything, if, if if what the last five years have shown you about running backs, you can draft a running back that can be a Pro Bowler in that same year. You don't have to trade for one, especially him. Out of all people, I can understand Melvin Gordon or at least, but for David Johnson, I don't. Man. That's yeah. That that was probably the dumbest trade I've ever seen in a long time. But on the other side, for Kyler Murray, he's got like the best tandem right now to succeed in in a in a very in a tougher division, at least to my opinion, than the NFC South. Uh, he he he's he's loaded because he got Christian Kirk, who people don't even know anything about. If you if you ever yeah. watch but that boy is a baller. He got he got a, he got uh, I don't know the the little slot guy name, but he got another little slot guy, Larry Fitzgerald, of course, who is father uh, time, and now you got. The greatest, I mean, what can you do? Like, that's that's just, and then Kenyon Drake is coming into his own too. So he yeah, really yeah. is that. We're yeah. talking about another organization that um, failed their players. And, like, Kenyon Drake never got a chance in Miami. He was clearly talented, fast mm-hmm. as hell. And they kept giving the rock to guys that was undrafted. Kalen Bellage. And- yeah. Well, 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 here's the thing too. Like, Miami was in um, – they ain't figure it out. They ain't have Brian, Brian Flores. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now the now the the organization, um, they have a culture and they have a direction. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and you know we pro brother on the show. We are. So Brian Flores is you know what I'm saying doing his thing. So you know I'm 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 good with the Dolphins now. And here's the thing, man. Like at the end of the day, it's always about um, time and opportunity, space and opportunity, and it just. And was it the right place for Kenyon Drake at the right time? Now he's in a much better situation. Yeah, yeah, he was electric. Uh, we had him on our fantasy team too. Uh, 
you know, he was he was big for us down the stretch to help us Hell win our yeah, third yeah. straight title. Uh, but yeah, I agree. I mean, Brian Flores didn't use him either, you know, and Brian Flores got rid of him. Um, and I and which is fine. I think he may want to start from scratch, and we'll see what happens. But I, I want to ask you guys before we get back to uh, what else Nick has. Talk about a guy that has just disappeared off the map, Josh Rosen. Like, yes, I know. Yeah, because he was looking at he was looking at the NFL darling. I feel yeah. bad. He was talking hellish. I I didn't think he was talking that much shit, but I guess the whole NFL league thought he was. And ever since then, they just they just. Why you feel bad for him? Well, because I don't. I think it was he was he thought it was more about confidence, but it sounded cocky. And then since then, I feel like he's tried to reinvent. Bad about his ass. Well, well, uh, I mean, I mean, his parents are millionaires. I don't feel they were rich beforehand. So that's what I'm saying. I'm saying. I don't feel bad for him. Man, he be all right. He be good. I understand yeah, that. I'm not talking about monetary. But I'm just saying he had a whole dream of being in the NFL. And well, to... he shouldn't have been. His I did too. He shouldn't have been his <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't feel bad for him. I don't at all. Hey, I, that's a hundred ten percent on him. Exactly. But, but my thing is, you got people like Josh Rosen that's getting shots, and and people out here that deserve it, like, like a Jamie that's looking for a job. Just, so I don't feel sorry for nobody like that. Nope. Josh, Josh about to be out the league. Uh, what y'all think Could about Mar- the other, other guy, Mariota? Mariota going to take David Carr's did David, David or Derek? I get them confused. Derek. Uh, yeah, Derek. Hey, Derek. Raiders. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, got, he got he signed up. He he but, signed he signed right or he got traded. He signed, no, he signed. He signed. He signed. He's gonna be a cute. I think if this will help uh, Derek Carr step his game up, this should be it. But Derek Carr had a, had a had a, a a good season based off of what was around him, though. Yeah, yeah. he finally right. found a, they found a good tight end. Um, who good running back. Yeah, and they got a good, and they got a great running. Y'all think Mariota gonna make a difference? I mean, cause no. we, okay, because people I, tough on him like they was on Jameis Winston, though. Well, well, here's it, the thing. I, I I think by signing Mariota, what what it shows Derek Carr is that my leash is short. That's what yeah. I'm saying. It, it might make Derek Carr step his shit up, probably. It will. The the, the, the damn Raiders need a, a wide receiver or two or three. They they don't have the outside talent like that. Yeah. Oh, Anytime you improve your quarterback room, you, you're doing a good job. And I think that that was a good signing for them because, you know, if, if nothing else, is a chance for him to redeem himself and it's insurance for Derek Carr. I mean, uh, yeah, Derek Carr, if he doesn't play this year, you got a backup that has starting experience you can bring in that won't make no waves. He's a quiet guy, so he's, you know, he's a West Coast guy too. So all that works to your advantage. So I think it's, it was good for both sides. Yeah. Uh, B, I wanted you to talk about uh we were talking about bad coaching with Bill O'Brien, but <laughs> your Lions, boy, y'all y'all got a mutiny on your hands too, boy. Man, they, you, you, you saw what uh Slate Slot was saying? Yeah, man. He was yeah. like what he he said he was like that, that's the, because like, okay, so this, yeah, because this this what happened. So Sly was it was one off season where he was working with like he was working out with like the top the top cornerbacks in the league. Um at the time, who were it was Sherman. Peterson, uh, huh? Patrick Peterson. Patrick Peterson. Yeah, he was working. Yeah, Patrick Peterson. Like he was working with all these top, these top, you know, safeties and cornerbacks. And so then the coaches asked him, like, "Dude, you're not at that level. Why are you working? Like, pretty much saying, like, why are you working out with these? <laughs> not on. You're not on that level. Like, what are you doing? If anything, as a coach, you should be happy and then be encouraging your mm-hmm. players to be working out with exactly. with the greats in the game. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially if, you, if it's some pointers that you want to pick up. 
that can make you a better cornerback, why not? I mean, as a coach, that should be something you should be proud to see from your guys that's mm-hmm. going the extra mile or working out with the extra guys. Like, oh, okay, cool. You want to get that, you know, putting that work in? Good. But, man, Matt Patricia is really, really – and every time I look at him, I'm like, this – it's like it's – like, it's like Trump. It's like after Barack Obama, we get Trump. It's like, damn, after we got Jim Cobwell, we got freaking Trump and all. Don't, don't, the players don't like him. I'm telling you, if, if the Lions start off this season like 0-5, 0-6, if they, be, they better let him go. But I don't think they will because I think he just signed the extension. I think they extended mm-hmm. him for like another – I'm like, boy, the, what the, the, the luck, the, the joys to being white. Boy, I tell you. Well, I told you that white man luck, man. That's it, man. Like, like, shout out to 12 Kyle. What 12 Kyle will always say, he got the right complexion for protection. And, and, it's, <laughs> and that's the prime example, man. Like Jim Caldwell had a winning record with us, a winning record. Two play out of four years, a running record and two playoff appearances. You fired a guy after after going nine and seven a year. He got fired. That's crazy. Mm. Yeah, I, shit. I almost feel bad for you, but I'm a Bengals fan at heart too. So at the same time, like shit, get used to it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have it worse than us, uh, Nick. You we gonna hey, we gonna have to do a y- y'all been doing y'all Jay Z versus what Nas nah, shit. We gonna you do a, a Bengals versus Lions. Nick, you don't want this. You don't, you don't want me to show you all the 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 horrible historic things that's etched in Lions history. That's we gonna do a playlist of battle. We gonna show yeah. all the worst games. <laughs> we got it worse. You don't want these problems, man. I can I can I I got so much bad shit with the Lions. You don't want these problems. I gotta do my. Yeah. Research. What's up with all of these Belichick disciples thinking they Belichick though? Like I, I don't get it. Like just be you. It's, Take what you learn and apply it. None to of you. his disciples has been doing good either. No. If you look at it, like none no. of his disciples are, are going out and just. But I, I, I think it's more of like you know, like you know, when you have like a, um, a group and like two of the group people in the group are really popping and like they bring in the main, they're the main attraction, and yeah. you got the people behind them that's still a part of the group. They start feeling themselves too, and they try to go solo, and it don't work out that well. That's right. what's in that New England locker room and that that culture. Like you win so much that you think you a part of the winning too. But it's like, no, <laughs> that's Belichick. <laughs> you just along for the ride. So Pretty I think much. that's what it is. I think a lot of people think that that's gonna rub off on all these coaches, but history shows that it doesn't. No. No, and it it has a lot to do with where you go too, because you know it, it's got to be a good fit, man. And some of these things you you don't. I mean, you take what job you can get, but a lot of these times, man, you, you get in the wrong situation. I'll, you know, like uh, Cincinnati, you know, it, it's, it's not designed for you to win there. So it it, it, it can get bad, but you're right. They, they are following that trend, thinking that they are Bill and they're not. It never will be. Brian may be, though. Brian Florence may be. A, he's, he has a shot. Mm-hmm. But, but we'll see. We'll see what he does. That's to be determined. Yeah, the um, I think there was a couple other signings. I think uh, Diggs went to the Bills, which was uh, interesting. But another signing or another thing that happened that I was surprised by is that – well, not really that too surprised, but Dallas franchise tagging Dak. So now he – so I don't I, – well, I heard that – I heard they were they're renegotiating again. Yeah, they're they're at the table. They had to do that. I think that was more of a formal move. Like that was a move that they had to to make, just so you know to keep him there because he has exclusive franchise. Just so they don't have to worry about anybody else stepping in to negotiate. So that's what that was for to set up so where they can work out a long term situation without the threat of another team coming in. 
So that's what that was. And I think they'll get something done. I'm starting to feel that way now. Um, I think now that they're back at the negotiating table, um, that gives me some some optimism about it. Um, my initial feelings was that they really don't want to deal with the guy um, and, and sign him to a deal, especially if it's going to be about four years. But I think you – this will be their best shot at winning. You know, mm-hmm. and, and they got a new coach. We already know about the, the talent that they have. Um, better play from Dak and better coaching in eight of those losses, um, even though they came at the hands of winning teams, um, could net you at least another three wins, and that would have put them in the playoffs. And who knows what could happen. So um, I think when you look around, he's really their best option out there. Yeah, I think that uh, – I don't know. I, I, I think they're doing him a disservice. But for the time being, if, if, if we're all thinking about at least that locker room and that franchise, is like, look, we just probably one season away from making it big and then we could talk about everything else afterwards. I think that's where they keep on dangling that carrot in front of Dak is that, listen, just hold down, hold tight real quick. You're going to get paid regardless. But for, in order for us to make the money work for everybody so we can have this stacked team – we're going to have to hold off on your money and shit. So I don't, I, yeah. And I think the, the, the idea of that uh, is great, but one injury away. And then exactly. that's my thing. Like for him, it's just like, nigga, I'm supposed to, I was supposed to been get paid. You paid everybody else, even a running back. And this ain't even a running back league as what y'all say. So like, and then it may cost them more. We're like, we've seen this play out with Kirk cousins. Um, you know, a couple of years ago when they kept franchise tagging him and then it, it costed them more money uh, than it, than it would have if they would have just paid him. So, yeah. But he got an extension, which is crazy. No, that was a crazy move. But, but once again, Are you gonna in, go a get? Like, in a league like this, you know, you, you don't know, you don't know what's coming and you don't know who's out there that's better. There's no guarantee that somebody can come in and just, there's no surefire things out there like that no more. So, you take your you take your horse and you you ride with him. It's, it's a good fit. Then you pay the man. Like that's what you do, and that's what's gonna happen with Dak. Dak gonna get paid because it's the best thing for Dallas. You know he may not be the greatest quarterback in the league, but he's the best thing for the Cowboys right now. So he deserves his money. Get get a man his money and let's keep it moving. You they came in anyway. They do it all the time. So they gonna pay him. That's that's who they are. They just string it along. They they should have just did it and got out of the way early and not had to worry about it. Yeah, we'll see. This is going to be – I mean, I hope – I don't know how this corona stuff is going to affect the season, but I hope everything – it should be – everything's supposed to be, I guess, estimated ended by the fall. So mm-hmm. the season should probably start off normally. I just can't wait because I think this is going to be probably one of the most interesting football seasons ever. The first time we see a lot of different quarterbacks in a different place. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the story plays out. Um, I think they're really – um, are like, you know, football traditionally has been about the teams, you know, what the logo on the side of the helmets. And I think now they have, or somehow we've gotten into storytelling. Like there are these stories that we want to see play out, whether it's for good reasons or negative reasons, you yeah. know, what's going to happen with Brady. Is that going to get paid? Yeah. Drew Brees playing until he's 50, like all these different storylines is going on. 
And the NFL has done a good job of taking what is the biggest sport out there and making it more narrative driven. Yeah, it's, it's reality TV. Yeah, man. And and I gotta I don't know how they did it, but I gotta commend them for it because uh it was it was exceptional. It was the one thing the NBA had get, had over them. Was mm-hmm. that so you're right, because a few years ago, you know, and you're right, it wasn't like that. And let me ask y'all something this is a little off, but what y'all think about Jadavion not signing yet, man? That's that's bugging me out more than anything else. I thought, I thought he had. I thought I he didn't sign with somebody. Oh, let me no, see. he still hadn't signed yet. Jadavion is still a free agent. Wow. And um, that part I don't understand. And I, I, I ain't got an answer for that. Well, I know he, he said that he wanted to play for a contender. And he didn't want to just sign anywhere. But now mm-hmm. the question is, like, you know, will the um, – Will the team you want to sign with, the winning team, will they have the money to pay you what you want to be paid? And exactly. that's I, think, I think that's the biggest thing. I think this. I think Seattle wants to bring him back, but they have a number for that. And I yeah, think- he was he was asking. I think for twenty million a year, and I think they're they're at thirteen to fifteen is where they are. Um, I saw somewhere where Cleveland was trying to get in the mix for him. Where I hope you don't go, but. Um, that's that's the biggest holdup. He's looking for twenty million a year, which he, you know, I can't say he don't deserve twenty, but that's a little high. Twenty is high. Twenty is very high for him. For him, yes. Especially because of the expectations of who he was supposed to be coming out of college, like and the, and your team traded you. Not to say it wasn't anything because of like it's not like he's the worst DN and like he just was a bust, but. He should be he for his talent and his skill set, especially in Seattle. You would think that he could do more. Now again, he came through it like just for the last part of the season and going into the playoffs. But if that's the case, then let let's sign a short deal. I'll give you fifteen and sixteen. I'm not going over that to be honest because that's that, for example. But yeah, but that's what you were paying for because. <laughs> You know, oh, he's gonna show up big games. So I look for like I'm gonna get like season long production, but in the games that matter, from what I've seen from Clowney, is that he finds a way to show up. In the other games, you know, I don't know if he just be taking it lightly or, or whatnot, but um, he had a couple of injuries this year. Yeah, yeah, but he if was, that's the case, I I'll sign him to a two year, forty million, and only thirty guaranteed. So basically, you get paid fifteen a year. And I, if, if I was him, I would take a deal like that because, you know, that, that cap number is going to go up. And if he balls out for a couple – he's still young. So, if he balls out for a couple of years, man, you can get paid. He he can get paid. So, the, I think I would take something like that. If I was him, I would I would take the the 15 for one, you know, to be honest and bet on myself. I just think that, you know, if he can stay healthy and keep those legs straight because he had, like, some leg issues last year, then he'll be okay. But like you said, he was dominant in those games that, that they needed him to show up in. He played ball in a couple of those games. He was wreaking havoc on some of them quarterbacks. But his and the sack numbers don't always show it, but his pressures were there, and he was commanding them double teams. So it's like he was doing what you need him to do. And I think if if that's, if he had stayed in Houston with that team, yeah, Houston would have made some noise. But I, I think that I think that him not being signed yet though still is crazy to me. I think that compared to some of these other DNs, I know he's he's up 
upper echelon. It should be on somebody's team already. I just don't see why not. We'll see. He probably, he's going to end up before I, – I doubt before the end of April he will not be on the team. Well, mm-hmm. it, it feels like things are paused, man. This coronavirus and um, has a lot of organizations and the companies just like, I'm just going to wait it out and see what happens before we start spending any more money. Uh, we know they got the draft coming up. Uh, Goodell issued a warning saying y'all can't talk shit about uh, my decision there. To have that, we see like they're not even they're talking about the draft, but they're not really talking about the draft. Exactly, because I don't think they want to invest in it too much because it may get pushed back or be moved, and then now they're like, oh fuck, we just built this up for no reason. Mm-hmm. So and I and, and the ineptness of uh, our government has me concerned that this thing will probably go the 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 year uh, because they just don't know what the hell they're doing. And and they don't have a, a handle on it. It's impacting everything. So I, one way you may see starts under control is when these CEOs somehow some way start talking. Hey, use money. And we need to get back to work and whatever you need. The NFL was like, I know we I, I probably should have mentioned this too. Is the the CBA getting signed and that new deal and y'all thoughts on because I know we had a long discussion about what players probably should do, especially since they've been complaining for the last decade about the last deal and this deal. We're getting another game uh, starting next season. So, what did y'all feel about as far as the result of the CBA? I think it's hard for a group of people with different agendas, with different tiers in the NFL to come together to make a decision collectively. I think the people that they put in charge of helping guide them make those decisions, it feels like they sold out for their best interests. It does not feel like that deal worked out in the best for them. They got one more game, one less playoff game, so they just basically switched them out. And from everything that I've seen and read, uh, the players don't even like the, uh, the preseason. So you will always see situations like this happen where you have media and people like us that are saying, hey, you guys should fight for this, you guys should fight for that. But you won't see them come together to try to fight for the things um, that we feel that they should be fighting on. And I think that – We'll always have these type of discussions every time this thing comes up for renewal. And it's just – it just is what it is at this point. It's not like you gave up. Like you gave up on these deals. And Yeah, yeah. You know what? I, I, I don't invest uh, a lot into it because it's all politics. It's all um, deals made, you know, at a bar somewhere or, you know, in, in somebody's car you know, on, in some alley. Like, it's, it's, it's all a, a game, man, and, and it's never in the best interest of the players. And the players, you know, themselves look out for themselves. And we understand that. I understand that. And they have to. And they, if, if you're a first, second, or low-rate tier player, then you know you only have a year girly. 
you know, who was on top of the world. And all of a sudden, then he cut and let go. You look at Cam, and all of a sudden, he cut and let go. So you got to try to figure out how and when to make your money and what's best suited for you in the short time frame that you have. So I don't even care about it. Damn. <laughs> well, uh, with how the coronavirus is still affecting sports, the NBA, I I think I was uh, listening to ESPN and what Jay Willis brought up the whole – the NBA should be played on cruise ships to finish out the season. What? Yeah. Who said that? Uh, Jay Williams. He said he that on – uh, He had to be joking. He had to be joking. He said it on Go Look and Wingo, like uh, – the NBA should probably like if they can like just play the rest of the games on like cruise ships that way. Nah, he was away joking. From everybody. He, he got to be joking. They're just trying to find ways to bring the NBA back. But I I bring that up because I don't. It should will the NBA continue on for this season to finish out this season, or are they just gonna scrap it and then start over next year? Unfortunately, it's, it seems like they're gonna have to scrap it. I I just don't see how they can play. That's just a lot of games to scrap. It is, but it's it's. I I would hope that they would play, but they're so far removed from the momentum that everybody was having. It's almost like a new season by the time you start back. It's just it's gonna be tough to get that same momentum back to carry on from where we were. It just it just doesn't. And then we got to think about next year and how it's gonna affect us next year as well. You know, and they were talking about the draft and how if you're playing these playoff games so late, how are you gonna draft? and make trades with the playoffs going on. You see what I'm saying? So it's, it affects so much stuff. So unless everything's going to be pushed back from now on, it, it's going to – it'll kind of throw everything off. I just don't see how they can get it done. I would love for it to come back. I just don't see how they can. I'm cautiously optimistic that it'll return. I believe in capitalism in the sense that I don't see them throwing all of that money away. But the logistics of starting it back up, as Shelton was just discussing, is going to be an issue. Yep. Because the later you start the season, is the later you have to push, start the other season. So what do you do there? So everybody got to come together and say, okay, if we're going to start the season up in the playoffs, we have a shorter playoff. When do we start the regular season next year? Is that November and December? Or – do we finally get take this as look at this as an opportunity to experiment with shorter games? So go from eighty two to sixty two games uh, for this one time. You mean as, you mean as in next year, like as in next uh, season? As a regular season, yes. Uh-huh. Next, next, yep, next season. This would be a perfect opportunity for to them start, to start 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 the season on Christmas Day. Yep, start it on Christmas Day. Play a shorter season. Figure out what those um, advertising packages will look like on a reduced number of games see how the players respond to it maybe build in a clause to where you can come back and negotiate this at a later time or whatever and then move forward from there i think if they can somehow figure out a way to come together for that i think this could work out in the long term um outlook of what the league could potentially become Yeah, I, I just I, – I can't see them giving up on the season, especially when the Lakers were number one, the Clippers were right there. You had the Celtics, you had the Bucks. Like, this is too much storylines and and uh, anticipation for us seeing, like, the, the Titans come together. Um, I think at, if it doesn't start by June, then 
I don't, I, then you may have to scrap it. And then I don't know how that will, as far as the accomplishments and accolades that were calculated beforehand, how do they trickle down to next season? Or do you just crown the MVP and stuff like that as a, as a caveat, you know what I'm saying? Like if the season were to end. Get rid of it all. Get rid nah, of it all. No, nah, nah, you can't do that. So that means John Morant definitely ain't going to be rookie of the year. So, 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 so here, here's the thing. First off, Nick, you, you sound like a fan with that take. Because I think that if you're an executive in the NBA, the perception and the safety has to come first. So, like, if you have to scrap it, you're going to have to scrap it. Like, like, because you cannot put your employees in harm's way. You know what I'm saying? Especially when it's such a publicized entity in terms of the NBA, right? Everybody knows what's happening with the NBA. We knew it exactly when they had coronavirus, right? Like, like even um, your guy from the Pistons, he was mad because it got leaked before he could tell his mom. Christian Wood. Christian Wood. You know what I'm saying? So things happen like this. And I don't think that the NBA can afford to try to expedite or figure out something that they just don't have control over. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, I said, like, if it doesn't happen by June, you would have to scrap it. Because then, like, Ken's mm-hmm. point, Ken and Shelton's point, like, the timeline, y'all going into the NFL season right now, y'all can't compete with them. So it's just like, I, you would have to. I just don't understand, like, how would that affect what already took place, you know? So, so the, the rest of the season's done. I think at that point, you know, all of the all of the AP people, they just vote on all of the accolades at the end. First, see, see it, it, Ken, that's what I'm you saying. You would have to do that. Wait, 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 Ken, you have to. Because that stuff, that stuff affects contracts. When you get first team all NBA, it affects if you get a Supermax or not. So you have to vote on that. You have to vote on the accolades. These are these are uh, circumstances that you can't account for. So you know, I, I don't you see. Have to adjust. Yeah, they can. They can easily have. They they got exceptions in in, in uh, contracts for for this sort of thing. Not, so for, I, I not for not for a global pandemic. Like no yes, one has do. that in a contract. Yes, they do. I, I forgot what it's called, but uh, they do. They do have one. Um, it, it's, it's, I can't remember what it's called, but they have, they, man, they got all this, the way they were stuff, but there, there, there are things written that, that get them out of, out of these things. As a matter of fact, we saw with the NFL was trying to, to add some language to theirs about, about this thing, um, you know, moving forward. So I think just put an asterisk by it, man, and just, just move forward. We don't have a conclusion. Right. But I, I will say that. I wouldn't if I'm the NBA. I'm not worried about competing with the NFL, you know, um, because we just got to make our money. You know, we got a set of NBA dedicated fans anyway. So I think um, I wouldn't even be concerned about that because at some point the NFL is going to be over with anyway. Right. So I would just continue to just move forward with business as usual if that's what they're going to do. We'll see, but I, yeah, I mean, I'm probably sixty forty as far as sixty percent chance they're not coming back. Hey Nick, yeah, you you see what your boy Melo said? Oh, about the uh, LeBron saving his life? No, not that. Oh, about what what would have happened if the Pistons would have drafted him instead of Darko? Oh, I saw that. No, I, just, I saw the I article, saw the headline, but I didn't read it. What yeah, I didn't read it yet. I saw that. Yeah, so he pretty much said he felt like if he would have got drafted by the Pistons, he would have won two to three championships. 100%. Yes. Yeah, that's that, that's I definitely. Agree. I don't know. I don't know. He, he might have won it his rookie year. I don't know. Reason why is we got to look at it this way. 
think of and he, Carmelo even admitted this later on down in mm-hmm. his career how immature he was as a player during his Denver years. Mm-hmm. Like his first mm-hmm. four or five years mm-hmm. in, you had a coach like Larry Brown. Mm-hmm. Like think of how strict Larry Brown would have had like. Carmelo is someone who don't play defense. Larry Brown would have had that man playing defense. No, no, 100%. Yeah. But, you know but, 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 but you also know playing on a basketball team, B, that the players self-enforce um, yes. as well. And so that team was very that team. That was too many thugs. If we would have got Melo, if we would have drafted Melo, we wouldn't have got Rasheed. And Rasheed was, was, was a very, very important part of us winning that championship that year. If we would have got Melo, she would have been coming there. Why? Cause we had I, was, I thought, I thought she signed as a free agent. No, he, we, that was a trade. What, 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 did, what did the Pistons give up? What? I don't remember exactly. I can look it up. But it was a trade. It was during a trade. It was in the middle really? of the season. We got so him during a trade. Yeah, we got him in the middle of We got him during a trade. And when we got him in the trade, I was like, we about to win. Like, I, I already knew he was about to win once we had him. Like, y'all had, y'all yeah. had Ben Wallace, though, at that time, right? Yeah, yeah, we yeah. have Ben Wallace. Yeah, Tayshawn, Rip Hamilton. You, you don't think if you sub, let, let's say, we're, let's say, like you're right, B, you sub out Rasheed Wallace, put Melo in. You nah, still, no, it was a different it, NBA, it was a different NBA. Rasheed mentality, Rasheed mentally was a whole different plane than Carmelo. At the, we talking about a rookie Carmelo. He would yeah. have not with with. He wouldn't know how to how to sustain that 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 playoff run that the Pistons we was making physical yeah, Chelsea, physical. We was dude. We was locking teams up to like eighty points, like. Teams won't score more than 80 points. I'm going to say this, and I'm a, obviously I'm a Melo fan, but I was just recently looking at the highlights of that uh, Denver Lakers Western Conference Final. That boy, when he, when he was competing, he was physical. He was going that, against – That, that Melo, uh, he, he, he was already in that window that FIFO said. He was already in that three to five window by the time he played uh, that Lakers squad in the Conference Finals. That Melo wasn't the same Melo as a Ricky Melo. All right, I got the trade details. All right, so he was uh, because remember he got traded twice. Right, right. So Portland traded him to the Hawks for for uh with Wesley Persons in exchange for Sharif Abdurrahim, Theo Ratliff, and Dan Dickow, and then he got traded to Detroit as part of a three-team deal involving the Hawks and the Celtics. The deal also included the Pistons sending Lindsey Hunter, Chucky Atkins, and a 2004 first-round pick, along with cash to Boston. The Celtics sent. Chris Mills to the Hawks and guard Mike James to the Pistons. And the Hawks got Zelko Rebraka, Bob Sura, and a first-round pick from the Bucks. Nobody. Yeah, nobody. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Rasheed Wallace was. But but, but, then you think how much somebody playing time would have got Aiden into. It would have been a little bit of Rasheed, a lot of Tayshawn. I was gonna say Tayshawn definitely because uh, defensively Tayshawn was he No 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 Carmelo wasn't playing that type of defense no, no, Tayshawn no, no. was playing. No, no, here, so here Larry Brown would have Melo would have played defense, man. Not to the level that Tayshawn, but Melo would have played. Well defense. he thank you, Ken. No, he would not. With Melo, you we talking about rookie Melo. I understand if we're talking about, talking about if, if we if we're talking about maybe New York Knicks later on before he left Denver Melo, maybe. Because he was, he was he was starting to mature then. We're talking about 18, 19 years old Ricky Carmelo, who admitted that, he admitted that how immature he was. He wanted to listen to Larry Brown. Shit, Larry Brown that, barely he barely had Allen Iverson on, 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 in in the in, in in check. I see what you're saying, B. I just think though, at 18 and 19, he's easier to shake than later on. 
What I mean by that is, like I said, going to that team with those guys, man, if you're on a team with Chauncey Billups and Rip, them boys going to keep him straight right there. Ben Wallace, he won't even make it to Larry Brown. They would keep him straight or he'd be on that bench because Larry Brown didn't like playing rookies no way. So in saying that, That's what I'm saying. I, I think in order for him to play, he would have had to have show That's flashes. Right. He may have not been yes. Tayshawn. Me- Melo would have been Stanley Johnson. He would have been oh, Stanley yeah. Johnson. Probably. Right. Man, no, man, come on. No, man. no, no. We're not saying we, no. Be because of the system. It's because of the system. Come on, Nick, man. Man, what y'all saying? I'm not saying what y'all say it doesn't have merit, but at the same time, this is Carmelo Anthony. Like he is gonna compete. He is gonna right. ball wherever you see he is. that now because he went to Denver. If he would have went to Detroit, he wouldn't have had that. He wouldn't have had that that quick boost. He wouldn't have had that shit boost that coming out coming out to the NBA. Larry, Larry Brown didn't like playing rookies. That, at all. Thank, thank you. He didn't. <laughs> he didn't. Melo would not Mello be ain't no regular rookie. Huh? Uh, he ain't Stanley he's, Johnson. He's, he's not. He's a Hall of Famer. But he wouldn't have been on the bench just like Stanley yep. Johnson if he, he would have been a six, seven, thirty eight man. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> he would yeah. have. And I'm not saying that because of his talent level or anything, Nick. It's just that system playing with Larry Brown. That wouldn't have worked. You know what? Carmelo might have tried to force his way out of Detroit. And he didn't listen to Chauncey Billups. Chauncey Billups told his ass, don't go to New York. Stay here. <laughs> We're like right there. Right. Got it. We're like right at our window. And he didn't mm-hmm. listen. And it ruined his career. It ain't ruined nothing. He gave New York a lot of great years. All right? <laughs> <laughs> Chill out. <laughs> He could have a title, man, with Chauncey Billups and and who else was on that team? Uh, was Camby on that on that Denver team? I yeah. think so. Man, Denver. that was like the J.R. Last Smith. Oh, it, yeah, I, it was it was J.R. Smith, Birdman, Anderson. Uh, yeah, uh, Chauncey. Who else? Camby Martin, uh, Nene. He that was a stupid squad. That it was. And if they would have if they would have got to the final, they would have killed Orlando. I think they would have beat Orlando easily. I I, I agree. I, I won't I won't disagree with that. Because Orlando got lucky. Yeah, that coaching got them to the finals. Man. And I'm talking about the Cavs coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep. that, that's all I got for uh for sports so far. I mean, ain't much going on, man. Y'all y'all watching all these reruns of the best games and stuff? Man, I was watching. I was watching the '79 uh, Bird Magic Johnson uh, title game. Yeah, yeah, I was watching that on YouTube. I got halfway through and then I had to bounce. But um, but yeah, it's 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 always so weird, so interesting watching, you know those those teams, man. Um, and then I was watching something. It was Buffalo and Cleveland, maybe. That was on TV the other day. I I I, I turned it off. <laughs> I turned it off. It was towards the end anyway, so I missed the bulk of the game. But I, I do like watching some of those old older games because I didn't get a chance to see like a lot of those guys play. But the um just seeing it, the court looks so different without a three point line. It's just mm-hmm. but they were they were man, they were still getting buckets though, wherever on the court. Those that had that shot. But yeah, I'm I'm gonna watch them. Like I think they had somebody put in in the chat. They had the Monday night football games on. Yeah, that's kind of go watch some of these games. I know YouTube is this. You can pull it up and watch it anytime. And watch the highlights or whatever. But if you can watch some of these games and watch these guys play, like and they're scoring and when they're not, like watch the game itself. 
Yeah. You can really see how talented and special some of these guys were and not just like their highlight reel. Because it's it's a difference watching a highlight reel right. versus watching them in a the game. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Because you let somebody talk about MJ. MJ never missed a shot in the playoff game. Man. You know what right. I'm saying? Well, watch right. the game and you see that MJ struggles just like anybody else. Yep. He'll yep. go in the game and be two for 12. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Jordan wasn't always perfect. No, now, he right. made, made big plays and stuff, but he wasn't perfect, man. And that's that was cool, you know, being a dad, you know, a lot of these kids, you, you don't you you don't think about it, but a lot of people have not seen Jordan play. No, right. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. we're at that age now, Shelton, where yeah, kids not. I mean, we so used to talking about Jordan and seeing him with other yeah. you know kids when we were growing growing up, but like now it's people who was born literally like when he was in the Washington Wizards jersey now. Like, right, that shit's crazy. That shit's mm-hmm. so crazy. Yep, and watching it with my son, that was special. Like, like, do you see what I'm saying? Like. He, he, of course, he's going to need more than one game to get it. But, you know, it, it's it's cool to, for him to be able to actually see it. You know, you can simulate it on a video game, but to actually watch him, like I said, you watch on YouTube too, but to actually watch a game, you know, the, the intricacies of a game, to see him miss a jumper every now and again, you know, get fouled or all this little stuff, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been watching a lot of his college basketball games too. That's been pretty good. If y'all haven't yet, watch that damn Isaiah Thomas Knuckleheads interview. That shit yes. was dope as fuck. Oh, yeah? That shit was fucking dope, man. Right. God, that shit was dope as fuck. Mm. Some gems. Zeke was dropping gems in that shit as usual. As usual, man. Uh, watch um, watch Grant Hill. See if y'all can find some some prime Grant Hill games. First seven years. Of, uh, watch oh, him. Oh, tr- oh, oh, Grant Hill was amazing, man. I witnessed all that. I witnessed Grant all that. Hill? Was we just truth. had a sucky team, man. We don't even. I think he only. I think Grant Hill made it to the playoffs once with us. I don't know what it was with Joe Dumars in that front office saw, but the second we traded him to Orlando, he started having those ankle injuries, and then it was he was a wrap. He was never the same when he left Detroit. Yep. That shit was crazy. I remember back in those days, man. Um, there weren't many teams that had two like twenty five point scorers in Jerry Stackhouse and Grant Hill. Hill. That was where he made the playoffs. Yeah, that was yep. where he made the playoffs. They would yep. get people work. Yep. That was I would have loved to have seen Jerry Stackhouse and Grant Hill against T Mac and um Vince Vince Carter. That two oh two would have been an awesome boy, mm-hmm. I I pay for that. People That'd forget about that that uh Denver Nuggets team with AI Mello, they averaged like over twenty five both as well. They sure yeah, did. Yeah. yeah, they sure did. I mm-hmm. forgot about that duo. And you know oh, what I watched look for, since, we're, since we're going down memory lane, go back and watch the finals of the 76ers and the Lakers. Like, it, it shows you why a lot of people say pound for pound, Allen Iverson was the greatest player. Like, mm-hmm. pound for pound. Because, yo, and even Shaq, like Shaq was talking about it. Shaq said that Allen Iverson was the only little guy that he couldn't intimidate. And when you, right. Shaq is 300-some pounds and he could move like a gazelle for the size. And they showed this one play where AI went to the lane, you know, did, did his thing, got to the lane, he went up, Shaq blocked it, and he started talking smack. Next possession, got the ball right back, AI went straight into Shaq's chest, like, okay, I'm back. So, man, to be barely six feet, I've seen him in real life. He, he, six feet is generous for AI. It's generous. And he don't weigh nothing, bruh. A buck 75 at best. He don't weigh nothing. So for him to go against those trees, to actually win an MVP, to be the leader of a squad and make it to a final, and to have and to, iconic moments. And to win. That to first give, game. To give L.A. they only lost in that entire postseason. Yep. 
Like, because they almost swept that entire playoffs. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he gave them the only L. Yep. Stepping over Tyron Lue? <laughs> yep. Yeah. That step over? Man, that, that's going to forever be imaged in my head. But that was one of the greatest games. He, he, he that dude, man. That, that, he, he deserves all the respect. I don't know if he has a, 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 a statue yet in front of the Philly uh, stadium. But he should. But it, but it needs to be that well, joint. he's just looking back, stepping over Ty Lue. That's it. <laughs> that's it. And you got to give Dr. J a statue if you don't already. I think he has one. I thought he, he better. I, he ha, he has to get one if it. it yeah, I'm about to say. Yeah. I, I would say he would. He deserved one before I. That, that's long over. Wait, hold on. Because they just. Not, hey, can you fact check that? Oh, please. Not, what fact check? What? If, if Doctor J has a statue, like oh, that shouldn't. They like, should. They just in Detroit. They just talking. But they finally talking about going to put a statue in front of Little Caesars Arena, Isaiah. Like I'm like that's way long overdue. Yeah, they tripping. Yeah, he got one in Philly in 1989. Yeah, they Doctor J. In front of the spectrum, yeah. Okay, good. Okay, yeah. I'm about to say, yeah, he definitely. Well, yeah. that's the case, Ivo need to get one in. Yeah. yeah. The only difference is because Dr. J brought a championship to Philly mm-hmm. and Ivo didn't, but Ivo. But he, played in the, he played in the Jordan era. So. Who, Ivo? Yeah. Well, yeah, it was tough. Well, okay, yeah, 96. Mm-hmm. He played yeah. in, that, in that second 3P era. But I won't consider Wizards the Jordan era, though. Yeah, that's true. You, you, know? you got to get a little, if you get if you do Allen Iverson, you got to get a little Barkley statue in the back somewhere, though. I feel like he was I feel like Barkley was prime Barkley in Phoenix, yep. in my opinion. Yep. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, yeah, I feel like I feel like in Phoenix, he it was like the game slowed down for him. Where yeah, like in, in yeah. Philadelphia, he was still he was like that was his most athletic because he was like he was smaller than and stuff. So he was yeah. fast. I feel like in Philly, he was still a little bit fast. He was slowing down a little bit, but I think he mentally, I think his IQ was like way past in Phoenix than it was in Philly. Yeah. And I agree. Yeah. That's when, that's when the game clicked for him. Yep. I, I was joking about the statue, by the way, but yeah, that's, oh, you're right. That's when it clicked. That's when it clicked for him. Man, ESPN might wish show this Bulls documentary since we I was about to say that. Out. I need to see I that. I can't wait, man. They need to show that when shit. That's supposed to come out. It's supposed to originally say. come out in June. It was originally supposed to come out like during the NBA finals, but. They need to. They need to. ESPN dropped that shit. It's already they pushed done. it up. They did, but they what date? They didn't give a date yet. With all this bullshit, shit, dude, they, release that shit now. They might as. I don't know why. Like release it. I, I think they're waiting too close to the time. Um, because if they do it right now, the, the time between sports and now is still like it'll be big now, but nothing for a minute. So I think and they're trying to get it closer they, they to They're going to probably have the most ratings that they ever have if they release it, it, shit it now. It will. It will. Yeah. So that's why, that's why I think they're waiting. Everybody going to be watching that shit. Everybody. But it has no date. It don't say when at all. It, it does not say. They just say they're hinting at an early release, but they don't say when. It, it has to drop this upcoming April. Like they, they would have to just drop it between that month. Oh, you know what? Um, I just saw in the, in the chat. Yeah, I, I still haven't watched the Jimmy Butler interview, so I will. We'll do that uh, next time. Um, you, you know what we should do next recording? Since yeah, there's that? not a lot of sports going on, we should uh, – I remember we talked about doing this like a couple of months ago, was pick our favorite player from each NBA team. Yeah. Yeah, Let's we do, do that. that. I mean, hell, it ain't shit else going on, and we, yeah, we, I got, the time. we got the time. So <laughs> we got to I could come up with some more lists. Like we could do our time. yeah. Let's do some yeah. Let's. I, I feel like this. You know what? Good point. I think this is a good time for us to have like list recordings. Like what? What all? What not, you know? With sports not being active, I know usually we talk about doing lists, but it'd be so much going on in the sports world. We gotta touch on stuff. 
But right now, I feel like this is the perfect time to have like list episode. All right, yeah, let's do it. But um, but yeah, I gotta get ready. We gotta get ready. Yeah, for we gotta walking walk in, right? Yeah. Yep. So um, but yeah, man, I there was uh guys a lot that we had to just come back and share our uh quick thoughts on everything that went down, you know, sports, um, in the NFL, uh mainly, uh, since we had a, a chance to record last and we wanted to just go ahead and try to get things feeling like they normal with us recording. I know we recorded a little bit earlier, but um, that's partly because we have to do is the mice too long later at eight. So we're going to try to get this thing back on the regular schedule with the nine o'clock recording maybe, but everything's up in the air as the world is right now. So you guys just, you know, bear with us and, um, and that's it. So that is going to be it for us this week. And we'll be back next Monday. So we'll catch you guys next time. We out. Hey. Hey.